Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this time not by Pierce, but by two very special guests. Uh, the first one, a return guest. That is my sister, Rebecca. Say hello, Rebecca. Hello. And uh, also by her boyfriend, Matthew. Say hello, Matthew. Hey. And uh, hopefully it won't be too too difficult to keep them separate in your minds um, with new voices. We just saw Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and let's just get the warning out of the way right now. Full spoilers. We're going to spoil this movie. Bundled in with that, Captain America, the first Avenger, and Avengers... We might even talk a little bit of the stuff we know about Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, in theory, and comics that are related to those as well. So, just this is your warning. Spoilers for the whole thing. We recorded before we saw the movie just five minutes of us talking about our expectations, uh, our history with Captain America, that kind of stuff. So, if that audio turned out, expect to hear it right now. I was curious to know what you were expecting. Rebecca, I know you've seen Captain America because I saw it with you. Did I, did I also see it with Matthew? I don't think I was there for when you saw it. No. I saw it Okay. Because I saw it twice, and the second time was with Rebecca and somebody, but I don't remember who the other person was. So you, you've both seen the, the first yes. one. Yes. You've both seen Avengers. Yes. Rebecca, I know you're caught up with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Matthew, I don't have any idea if you watched that. No, I've not we're, we're seen it at start, all. We're going to start, though. I'm going to make okay. start watching it. Um, it's, it's, it's a slow start, but it's gotten pretty good. Um, but those are, I think, the, the three things that I'd say are going to be most connected to this movie. Um, most likely. Did you like the first movie? Did you not like the first movie? I thought the e- first either of you. movie was great, and I definitely prefer that time period. I think it's a fun time period, so it was neat. Okay, nothing but laughs in uh, World War II. Yeah, well... <laughs> 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 it was neat seeing a movie well done in that time period, and just have, seeing Marvel kind of have some fun with it. I uh, personally really enjoyed Captain America's kind of like dry sense of humor. Uh, like the sarcastic... Uh, tone of voice and just like his different lines throughout it was I thought was really entertaining and I'm really looking forward to tonight as well. Now, trying to figure out how to ask this question without spoiling Matthew. I think he knows. Matthew, if I say The Winter Soldier besides the title of the movie, do you know what I'm talking about? No. no. Okay. That's an, uh, an answer that is useful. So, okay. <laughs> so you going into this movie don't really have a huge idea of what to expect. I actually have no idea what to expect. Besides Captain America. Besides Captain America. Have have you seen trailers? Have you seen commercials? I actually... I've seen, like, the short, like, TV trailer, but I actually purposely didn't actually look online. Okay, so you don't even know, like, what other characters are in this movie. I know nothing about the other characters or anything. Oh, okay, awesome. That's kind of cool. Now, Rebecca, um, again, without spoiling Matthew, I know Rebecca knows the Winter Soldier's deal. Yes. You've known since at least when we saw Captain America 1, right? Yes. And was it, uh, again, I'm trying to be vague here, was it because I pointed to you and went, that's going to be a thing, and I already told you at some other point? Uh, you had, I think you had already told me, because just explaining to like the premise of the movie and who the different characters were, I think we went into that character and just how it turned out in the comics. At that point, we had no idea. Yeah, it wasn't me going, just you wait till movie two. It was me right, saying, okay, we, this at is At that what, point, we know. had no idea that the Winter Soldier was that person. So I'm familiar with it. I'm excited for it. I'm most excited to see what Cap's reaction to it is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because 90% of the fans, or the, the people in the theater, won't understand what's going on. <laughs> right. Like well, me. <laughs> well, I, 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 and this is with not a spoiler, Matthew, but what the deal with the, the name The Winter Soldier is, is something that comic book fans have known for 10 years now. Okay. And because that's when it was, that storyline happened in the comics. Right. So... It's interesting to see that Marvel, at first, was being pretty, I don't want to say spoilophobic, but they were being very vague with it, and purposefully not spoiling it in trailers and commercials. Right. And recently, they've kind of pulled back and and gone with it. And, and as far as I'm concerned, for 90% of the people who see this movie, either what that means is not going to mean anything to, them, anything to them anyway, because either they haven't seen the first movie recently enough, or they're just the general movie going public they don't remember, or whatever... Or they already know because it's been a thing in the comics for 10 years. Or almost 10 years now, I guess. 
but so I, I, it is interesting to me that you stayed away from trailers. So we, I, I can't wait to hear your reaction to the whole movie. I know more than just that. I know other spoilers. I've been keeping very good about avoiding spoilers, but there's still a lot of speculation <laughs> about it. And I know at least some of the speculation turned out to be true about other things in the movie. But I'm I've been keeping keeping a pretty good job of not being spoiled as to which of the speculation was true. I know we got two after credit scenes to look forward to, one in the middle, one at the end. I know what one of them is because it's not a really a spoiler for this movie. It's a more of a overall Marvel Universe thing. Is it a, is it a trailer, assuming? No, but it's it's uh, leads right into Avengers 2. Oh, okay. And the other thing is a, it has to do with the plot of this movie, so I specifically stayed away from that. Okay. Other than that, I'm excited as well. I'm not a huge Captain America guy when it comes to the comics, but I do. I like the first movie enough, and I liked him in Avengers a lot. And this movie looks awesome. And his little cameo in Thor is still... Oh, yeah, in Thor, too. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of fun. All right, so we'll stop recording now, and uh, we'll come back after we've seen the movie. Matthew, I learned something about you r- right as we were sitting down at the movie, or like two minutes after, that I did not know. We saw this in IMAX 3D. This was a, uh, a fake IMAX. To be, it was like an AMC. It was still bigger than a regular screen. It was very nice. I, I learned right before we saw the movie that... That was actually my first movie watching it in 3D. And your first non-geodesic dome or non-dome-shaped IMAX screen. Yeah, because usually I go cheap and buy the cheapest ticket possible, so <laughs> that was the first time actually doing it. So, completely unrelated from the movie, well, I guess let's first go with IMAX, because that's the smaller thing. Did it, did it make a big difference to you? Or? I actually really enjoyed the higher volume. Oh, okay. like the clarity of the volume, it was easier to catch lines. That was probably the, mo- the thing that stood out the most to me was just the higher volume and the clarity in the sound. Okay, so what about just the 3D in general? 3D doesn't really do anything for me. Okay. It's just, that's just personally... Now, just, just to be clear, you can see you have stereoscopic yeah, yes, yes, vision, yes, yes, yes. Um, but it just, it just doesn't do anything yeah. for you thematically. Okay. And there was only a few places where I even noticed yeah. that it was there. And frankly, I, I prefer that. I prefer yeah. when it's just adding depth of field... And it's not standing out. The only place I really noticed where was where... Um, He's falling. Yes, exactly, because there's, like, glass near the screen. And, and it's and all that slow kind of motion, stuff. so you have the pieces coming out at you. Yes, exactly. Before we saw the movie, we saw a bunch of trailers. Were any trailers st- sticking out to you as, like, ooh, I can't wait for that one? Bunch of them, actually. I mean, I'm excited... There actually were pretty good trailers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for um, the new Transformers movie. I'm excited for... It was the first time I saw the trailer for... Transformers 4, Maleficent. The X-Men one. Days of Future Past. Yeah, sorry. That was the one where I went, oh, I can't wait for that. Like, I'm super, because I'm a huge X-Men fan. Rebecca's a big, big X-Men fan, and she's been doing her best to indoctrinate Matthew over the years. I'm on board now. I am fully Um, on board with the X-Men. This is the first time you've seen that trailer? Yeah, I hadn't seen it. You hadn't shown it to me, so. Because, actually, I liked it seeing it in the theater. Watching online didn't do a whole lot for me, to be honest. Probably why you didn't show it to me. (laughs) Um, had I thought about, oh, that's right, Becky really likes X-Men, I probably would have shown you. But yeah, just as a exciting thing, it didn't do much for me. Now, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, which I was waiting with bated breath to see and was the last trailer they played, <laughs> uh, phenomenal. Yeah. And it, the, the theater seemed to really be into it. Like, because I, I was kind of curious, like, are people going to react? They laughed at the right moments, they cheered at the right moments. I think they might have clapped at the end of it briefly, actually. There was a, definitely a few claps yeah. in there. Yeah, so... Looking up for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm so excited for that movie. I feel like that was also a really good crowd in yes. that theater. There was a lot, you know, everybody reacted and, which is Was nice. it in one of the trailers or in, during the movie when somebody went, oh, no, no, okay, I, I remember what it was. I, uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. So, Maleficent, we saw the trailer for. I have no interest in that. I think it looks decent. I probably wouldn't see it, but, it, like, if someone would go, oh, we're going to go see this, do you want to come with us? I'd be like, yeah, sure, it looks entertaining enough. I've a, never actually seen Sleeping Beauty, but... I'm not an Angelina Jolie fan. She oh, really annoys me, so... Yeah, so I, I thought it looked okay. I mean, I don't know if I'd pay to go see it in theater or anything. So you want to talk about the movie, then, instead of trailers? Is that what we're here to do? <laughs> That's what we're here to do. <laughs> Wouldn't make sense. So, going into the movie, you had no idea what the phrase, the Winter Soldier, referred to. I had, I'd heard it a few times, probably from hearing you and Becca talk about it, but <laughs> I hadn't really... Rebecca and I both I knew, knew nothing about it. fully what the winter, who the yeah. Winter Soldier was, yeah. is, uh, and what that meant. Yeah. I had no idea who the Winter Soldier was. So when it was revealed, that was yeah. the reveal for you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And did that reveal work? Yeah, it worked. Um, it didn't shock me though. Like 
at that particular moment, it didn't was like it was like oh that makes sense okay for whatever reason. So yeah, like it wasn't like one of those like oh my gosh how in the world did that happen? Like I never saw that coming. How could they do that? But it, it it worked. Like it made a lot of sense to me. Which typically most of the time in movies like that, usually that does usually catch me by surprise, and I'll have like more of a shock factor. So my shock factor wasn't as high as I probably would have expected it to be. Now. From watching the movie, and yeah. we literally just got back from, from seeing it, and we, we tried to keep our discussion in the car to a very minimum <laughs> so we wouldn't spoil anything for the discussion here, but do you feel they explained that whole thing well enough? Like, obviously, there's the reveal. That's one thing. But then, in retrospect, do, do you feel like you understand what the whole idea of the Winter Soldier was, or do you kind of go, oh, maybe I'd need to read more, or... was What was on screen enough, basically? Yeah, I thought I thought the screen did it, like, what was on screen made made sense. Like, I thought it, it worked well. I mean, I probably, if there's more of a history or story behind the Winter Soldier, which I'm assuming there is or oh, yeah. will be, I obviously didn't get that from it. But the dynamics between the Winter Soldier and, like, the Captain and everything made perfect sense. Okay. So here's the thing. For, for a comic reader, they used to go, they used, they used to say, nobody stays dead in comics, except for Uncle Ben from Spider-Man. Sometimes they would also say the same for Jason Todd from Batman, but he was brought back. And Bucky. Those are the three people who stayed dead because from 19-whatever, you know, I think it was in the 40s when Bucky died. I don't think that was a 70s thing they added later. All those years, Bucky was dead. And then they bring this character in called the Winter Soldier. And when it's revealed that it's him, some people were not happy. Let's put it that way. But I think in the end, most people were um, pretty thrilled with where the story went. Basically, the idea is, yeah, they just he was frozen just like Cap, except they would thaw him out every once in a while to perform, like, high-profile assassinations. I don't know if, like, JFK was him. I don't actually I think it's actually explicitly not. But basically, that's what he, they would just throw him out, have him kill somebody, freeze him back up again. And that's Bucky. And it was, in retrospect, set up pretty well in the first movie. For those of us who knew what to look for, it was, it was set up very well. Did, did you think that, like, the movie showed that he had been thought out multiple times? Because I actually didn't pick that up from the movie. Like, I made the... I got Only the impression... Only because I knew it and because okay. I was listening for specific things. Okay. Well, and I don't... I know that, but I don't remember it. But it was very... There's one time when he's like, he's been out of cryo-freeze too long. That in when they wipe his memory, or mm-hmm. when they go to whatever they do the with that. The electroshock. Yeah. I mean, they very explicitly say he's been out of cryo-freeze too long. Yeah. And later when, I think, when Cap gets the file from from Black Widow right at the end of the movie. Like, you see him frozen in a tank. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's been unfrozen and frozen. Yeah. Okay. But basically, that's how... She do, does say, and this is the only way it makes sense, for 50 years, he's been performing these assassinations. Like, Cap points out, like, before, before you know it's Bucky. Well, how's that possible? That's right, that's right, that's right. Well, he's 95, as we find out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess we knew that, but it's explicitly stated exactly how old he is. So, start at the beginning... Where, where does it start? Running. Oh, that's right. On the left. They, I didn't think they were going to introduce Falcon that early, but yeah. I liked how they did. What, what did you think of the Falcon? I loved Falcon. Actually, he was one of the highlights of the movie for me. Like, I really, like, I, he just, I don't know. I like that sense of humor, and I genuinely just liked Falcon. We talked about it in the other audio, which, again, I don't know if it turned out or not, so maybe I'm rehashing things, maybe not, but you talked about how you liked Cap's dry sense of humor, mm-hmm. and I never really thought... Um, that cat has a dry sense humor. But watching this movie, he definitely does. He's very sarcastic. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah. But the whole... And the on-your-left thing, how they brought that back the at left, the end. It, it, it had a nice loop to it, like a full yeah. story feel to it. Like a circle that they were running. <laughs> Around the, the National Mall. Yeah. I thought it was a good opening Captain America scene. of You know, it's DC, you know... Anybody who's been to DC knows exactly where you you know you are. Right, it's, it's the National Mall, right for the Capitol. It's very Captain America, like it makes sense. And then you have this kind of like slow guy running, and then you just <laughs> when you call him slow, <laughs> just not Captain America. <laughs> and then you see Captain just like whoosh, right by him, which was was enjoyable, especially as you figured out that he was lapping Falcon. That was that was pretty good. What do you think of his suit and the tech and all that kind of stuff? Of Falcons or of Falcons? I thought. I mean. Initially, when he, I thought it was a little corny, just the way. But then once he, once he actually like, I guess once he actually started like flying around and like during the actual like the big like I guess scene at the end when he's going up to the different uh, ships and everything like that worked. But like the initial like presentation of it, it was like, I don't know. I thought it was a little corny, but that's just. And it was interesting. I I, I would have assumed oh it's going to be a shield tech thing or it's right. going to be Stark tech. No, just. Army, you yeah. know, uh, you know, DARPA type uh, type research. So fine, okay. Yeah. It's nice to see that not everything has to be built by Tony Stark or Shield. It was interesting because it kind of worked because it was 
especially when he's first in it and he's not in like the full like Kevlar suit or whatever it is later, it looks very bulky and it's just strange looking. Like I didn't like it. Okay. Um, especially in the beginning. Towards when they're on the three mega ships or whatever those things were called. Helicarriers. Hel- yeah. It definitely worked better. But I was still like, why are there real feathers? Like they look or they looked like real feathers, basically. <laughs> I just thought it looked corny. Yeah, probably something to do with aerodynamics or something, I don't know. Yeah. Armor. So we introduced to the Falcon and the idea he he's a veteran and he's working with the VA now. And he kind of bonds with Captain America in a very believable way, I thought. And uh, we're introduced to Cap's list of things he needs to catch up on, which, for people who haven't followed this online, is localized for countries. So if you watch the movie in Korea, the list has about half the things are the same and half the things are different. Or the Philippines or, you know, Egypt is going to have different things on that list, which is pretty cool. Like, it might have a major... Like, if it's if it said, you know, the President of the United States here, which I don't think it did, but it would say the Queen of England in England or, you know, somebody else... You know, might have the Beatles versus Rush if you're in Canada or England, that kind of thing. So that was kind of neat. Then we go into an extended sequence of them uh, catching pirates out in the middle of the ocean with a, a major Marvel villain that when they announced he was going to be in it, people were like, really? Like, how's that going to work? Because George Back... Georges? I guess it's just pronounced George. George Batrock, the guy in the purple kind of-ish jumpsuit who, who fights Cap for an extended sequence... His name in the comics is Batrock the Leaper, and his whole deal is that he's a parkour villain. And not, like, in the last ten years, parkour villain. Like, this guy was created in the 60s or 70s. Like, this is an old-school villain, and his whole thing is purple and yellow suit, big mustache, kicks people. And so they had, uh, is it Georges Saint-Pierre? Saint-Pierre? Rebecca's got her iPad, so we can look up uh, the name. But that's an Ultimate Fighting guy. So it made it funny also when they brought, back, brought up Ultimate Fighting later on in the movie. George St. Pierre, yeah, plays George Beckham. Okay, so I, I, was, I was confused if they were both George, because that's a little bit confusing, but yes. I love that sequence. The hand-to-hand fighting there was phenomenal. But, I mean, more than just that, I mean, yes, that was really yeah. cool, but, like, all the shield agents, like, yeah. him kicking people off the boat, or just yeah. shoving them off the boat, and um, them shooting through windows, and, you know, setting up Jasper Sitwell, who Rebecca and I both know he was just called away to that mission in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this past week. Yeah, I thought the initial... Which, does that make last week's episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. his final appearance on the show? I guess it does, I mean... <laughs> Unless he, like, shows up again at some point as a... I mean, they kind of threw him... No, 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 I mean, in, like, in a scene that that takes place earlier, or okay. maybe before he goes on that mission, he Skypes in to the... Yeah, something. Like, you know, so... Because, <laughs> yeah, Jasper Sitwell dead, <laughs> as far as we know, in this movie. I, I did like the that... I'll call that the opening scene, just because it's the first S.H.I.E.L.D. scene. Again, you have Cap's dry humor right there with um, Scarlett Johansson and and just... They're trying to set him up on dates. Yeah. It's another funny runner. There's a lot of funny runners Mm -hmm. to this movie. Which, you know, and it works. And then you just have him... And I like how they kind of kept Captain America, like, Captain of... He was completing his mission, but he wasn't killing people. It didn't seem like... You know, he wasn't just shooting everybody, which he could have done. You know, he's kicking he people. He did kill some people, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he definitely but it, did. It wasn't but it his wasn't, first option. But it wasn't like, that wasn't his mission to go in there and, and kill everybody. So it seemed, it fit. And I remember having that thought. So when that mission is done, he's a little bit mad at uh, Black Widow because she's been, uh, she's been, she had a different mission, which was retrieving some information off the boat for Nick Fury, we eventually find out. So he's already, Cap's already getting kind of ticked off and, and, suspicious of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all these things that are going on. And we even talked about that a little bit with the Falcon in that first scene. Just to, you know, show you right off the bat, it wasn't just because of this mission. He'd already been having some misgivings. Um, then we're introduced to Alexander Pierce, played by Robert Redford, which, in a comic book movie, awesome. You know, like, Robert Redford's fantastic, you know. I mean, I thought they did a really good job in the movie, actually, as Alexander Pierce. In the comics, I believe, I've not actually read the story, because I'm not really a huge Cap guy, although I do like the movies. I believe it's eventually revealed that he's the Red Skull in disguise. Like, it's a it's a mask, and he pulls it off at the end, and it's Red Skull. So it was uh, up to the moment he was dead and it didn't happen in the movie, I wasn't sure if they were going to reveal he was Red Skull. I was kind of just assuming that it was going to be, like, a grandchild or something, uh, <laughs> carrying on. Because he just seemed to have that kind of creepy, he was very Hydra, and it worked. And... Yes. Yeah. So Cap goes to the Smithsonian. And he sees an exhibit on himself, which is fun. Yeah. I think that may have been a real exhibit somewhere, but I don't. I think it was at Disney, okay. um, not the Smithsonian. Although some things definitely were shot at the Smithsonian. I've been there, uh, as is Rebecca. And I think you've been there too, right? Did Probably. You go- I think There's a lot of museums in, in D.C., yeah. um, but I've definitely been to that one. 
So you get some refresher on Bucky in a subtle enough way, I thought. Oh. Didn't give it away, but that's there to set it up for the people who haven't seen the first movie or I just don't remember. I hadn't made that connection mm-hmm. until you... Yeah, that's very true. It's going into a movie like this, knowing the twist, lets you see like yeah. what the what the setup is, and I thought it was effective. Yeah. Um, so it lets you set up World War II, yeah. set up Bucky, set up Peggy. And then he goes and visits Peggy in an old folks' home. Um, and I could not tell. Can you look it up? Is Was it... Um, Haley Atwell playing her in makeup, or was it Haley Atwell, Atwell's voice being put on for her? Because I was not sure. If it was definitely, old age makeup, it was good. And it definitely sounded like her voice, though. Yes. You could tell. It was definitely her voice. I don't see, I don't see a listed for a old Peggy Carter. Then maybe it was really good old age makeup. Yeah, because it definitely looked like a 90-some-year-old. And it was, a, it was a nice scene until it went dark with her the memory loss. having... Um, I said amnesia, but you know dementia uh, or Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's which moment. I think all three of us have had to deal with yeah, that yeah, yeah. with older relatives and heartbreaking, especially in the scene. Like I teared up a little bit. Yeah, it, it was very raw. Yeah, and and his reaction to it of just not yeah. really knowing what he was supposed to do. I mean, still like going out of his way to be nice and and you know all that kind of stuff. But yeah, raw. Uh, we then catch up with Nick Fury, who gets the the information from uh, Natasha from the Black Widow that she had stolen, and we kind of learn about these different projects. What was the project called? It was called the... Inside? Insight, maybe? Insight, that might have been it. I could. I didn't actually catch There was a couple was. different names. Yeah. There was, like, the computer program, and then there was the actual... It was in something. Okay, so we've looked it up. It was Operation Insight was the name of it. So you have, like, helicarriers. And, and we see, you know, after Nick Fury gets the information, he brings Cap down to show you these three giant new next-generation helicarriers that are going to be self-sustaining with Stark Tech, and they will never have to land, and they will fly around and be able to pinpoint targets directly from there in concert and all that kind of stuff. And Cap brings up some very obvious reasons why this is probably a bad idea. Uh, we also have a scene with Alexander Pierce talking with the World Security Council, I think it's called, and we see, for me, knowing he was the bad guy, at least seeing him play them against each other and against Nick Fury while still trying to seem like the bad guy and seeming like they're forcing his hand to do these things when he's really suggesting that they do them in the first place. And that's when things, you know, Nick Fury comes in at the end of that and he starts to notice, he really thinks something is wrong. He has this information now from the pirate ship that they got. He's on patrol, not even patrol, he's heading somewhere in his car when all of a sudden he starts noticing these cops next to him are acting strange. Then the cops start opening fire on his vehicle which is the coolest vehicle ever it's, with, like, armor and can drive itself. and It's very, what's the name of Tony Stark's computer? Jarvis. Jarvis. It's very Jarvis. Yeah, um, which we'll get to again in, <laughs> as we move in. Yeah, I, that was an awesome SUV, just gotta say. <laughs> uh, so he eventually fights off most of the cops, barely. I mean, he's been shot and things are not looking good. When the Winter, you saw the scene in the trailer, if you've seen the trailer, the Winter Soldier, soldier blows up the car, and then it keeps going even further than that. Eventually, he's in very bad shape, but he escapes. He makes it to Captain America, to Steve Rogers' apartment. apartment. Before that, though, he meets, uh, he talks to the nurse across the hall, who he'd heard about in the trailer, uh, a, a nice blonde lady. And they have some repartee and flirt a little bit. And then he, she tells him, oh, you left your stereo on in the house, uh, in your apartment. And so he goes in through the window and finds Nick Fury sitting there. They're having a conversation. Nick Fury lets him know that the room is bugged. He gives them the information, but they're, like, talking in code, basically, because the room's being bugged. And then, in mid-sentence, gets shot three times in through the chest, through the wall, and after Steve gets Nick Fury... I guess he... Agent 13 busts in, because that was his across the street, right. or across the hall neighbor. Agent 13, who... Let's just get out of the way right now. Sharon Carter. This is Peggy Carter, Carter's probably grandniece. It's In the comics, it's been niece, and then I think currently grandniece, although she's currently dead. So that's beside the point now. She's currently dead, so... But she rushes in, reveals she's S.H.I.E.L.D. They don't know if they can really trust her, because uh, Fury said trust nobody right before he died, or right before he got shot, at least for now. <laughs> so Cap goes, f- chases the Winter Soldier, has that whole... Th- he's running through walls and doors, like, not taking time to opening them, which I love. He bounces off one wall, throws the S.H.I.E.L.D. at Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier catches it, throws it back at him, and knocks him back like 50 feet, and by the time he recovers, Winter Soldier is gone. So now Cap's starting to notice things are off. Oh, definitely things are off. Nick Fury, we're told, is dead. We see him dead. We see him lying there on the slab. Nick Fury is dead. Steve's still got the information. Alexander Pierce wants it. He keeps lying about it, won't tell him. He knows something is up and not to trust the guy. Now it's basically S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Captain America and Black Widow 
and Sam Wilson eventually the Falcon. The elevator scene. That was cool. It was amazing. I, I know, I think the first footage they ever debuted from the film at Comic-Con was that scene, just beginning to end. I mean, I think my favorite part was, of it was Cap picking up the, like, sweating and, like, nervousness of the guys. Like, it wasn't even... the. the I mean, you could tell from all the, the guys coming in that something was going to happen, but just his ability to pick up the little signs that they were preparing to do something, I found, like, that, that attention to detail I found really interesting. Very Sherlocky. Yeah. And I loved it because, like, that's in the trailer, so I've seen that scene more or less, but what they didn't show in the trailers was how they kind of enter two guys at a time and then three guys at a time to not make him nervous, but from the time that the first guy stepped on that elevator, he knows something is up, but also I was thinking, they've ridden in that elevator a few times now, and no point has anybody else ever gotten on the elevator with them. So it wasn't just like... To me, it was very pointed that all of a sudden all these people are on this, like, high-tech elevator that goes to the top floor or whatnot. So that was interesting. So now he's on the run. He eventually hooks up with Black Widow. And after after a few other things, hooks up with the Falcon. But before he hooks up with the Falcon, the two of them take that information to an Apple store. Some uh, little product placement. A very funny scene with DC Pearson, who... Uh, from Derek Comedy and the, the the group with Donald Glover and and they have many very funny videos. You've probably seen his stuff his stuff around, but a very funny scene. I she, have those same glasses. <laughs> um, they barely escape from Shield Shield's strike team. S period T period R strike, but um, is what it's called on Wikipedia at least. I don't remember them saying that in the movie, but apparently that's the thing. They barely escape from them, and they make it to. Um, they, they find out the, the file, the, all they can find out about the file is that it was made in New Jersey. Road trip. <laughs> and at first I was like, oh, is this going to be another localization thing? No, they actually go to New Jersey. So this was actually part of the movie. But they go to Camp Hastings, Headley. Hastings something. sounds I think it's right. in Hastings, New Jersey, but it's Camp Narnia for all I know. It's not really that important. But it's the camp where Captain America was trained for the army. So we had some nice flashbacks in there. They eventually find their way underground to this in this abandoned facility and find Arnim Zola as a massive reel-to-reel tape punch card computing system. What's the what was the big one? The the first big one of those where you get the term computer bug, I forget the name. It's like Idris or something, but uh, yeah, I should know this, but I don't. I don't. Know. The point is, that's how they bring in Arnim Zola. It's awesome. <laughs> Not maybe that great for a fight, but it's way better than Robot Body with a televi- with a tube television for a chest, as uh, you've seen in the comics so many times. And Rebecca, you knew who it was. Yeah. Like, before anybody else in the theater that I noticed, she was like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> Not, like, loud like that, but... My, my entire body just went, oh, I was right! Because I got super excited, because I, I knew the voice, and I knew there was something that's, like, creepy and, like, about the face that was on the computer... That just made me, like, immediately think of him, and then when I figured out, I was very happy. It was a very natural fit. Like, once I figured out it was him, I'm like, oh, if I had, if you had asked me to pick one character from the movie, from the Cap 1, who would end up being represented by a giant reel-to-reel computer, it would be him. And the first time you see him in Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, the shot is, I forget, he's working on a small model or something, maybe for, like, a, a war map. But he's looking through a magnifying glass. So the first time you ever see his face in the movie, it's all distorted and through a screen, just like it would be here, which I thought which was a nice little Easter egg in that movie, but now works to have set him up for this. And I must say, as a side note, I know we're biased because we're from New Jersey, but I really feel like there's a scene where they're like supposedly driving through New Jersey. I really wish it had been like Garden State Parkway sign or something, or Turnpike sign and would have just made it, because I, they're obviously not in New Jersey. Uh, I don't actually know. I think a lot of it was shot in Cleveland, but it worked for me as New Jersey. It, it worked. Like, the trees were accurate. And real, real New Jersey, not North Jersey. Like, yes, real Almost any time you see New Jersey in a movie, it's Newark. what people think of New Jersey, which is Newark Airport and New York, basically. It looked like the Pine Barrens, it looked so like, it, it looked like the rest of New Jersey, which is Middle nothing. Middle nowhere. Yes, which is <laughs> farms and trees and just, it's called the Garden State, not ironically. And this movie showed that, which was actually kind of nice. So they, they find out from Arnim Zola, who's very forthcoming with information, by the way. That if I had, like, a nitpick about that, it's like, why is he telling them all these things? Well, it's not really him. It's a computer, so the computer is apparently not programmed. Well, the computer's still evil. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I that might have come out of just like arrogance because he thought they were about to get blown up. That's by true. The, Which they and then are subsequently blown up by yeah. a bunker buster missile. So that's when they make their way to Sam to the Falcon. Um, after they've recovered, they make their way to his house. He explains that he was he. We knew he was pararescue. They had told us, but now it's revealed that oh, I was actually part of this kind of secret team that had these cool wingsuits. And we need to go, I know where the last one is, we can go get it. And I actually kind of like, you never see that. You never see them go get it. Which, because I'm like, oh, we're going to have to do this now. No. It's just, next time you see him, he's got the suit. And in a nice reveal, they, they hunt down Jasper Sitwell, because they know he's involved with this somewhat, somehow, who's played by Maximilio Hernandez. And uh, I think we'd seen earlier than that that he's, like, legit Hydra. We, we learn, we learn, oh, I guess we kind of skipped over, but we learn from Arnim Zola, Hydra's controlling everything. Shield's basically half Shield and half Hydra, and Hydra's been calling the shots for a long time. And at first I was like, are they really going to make Sitwell Hydra? I don't think so. He's such a nice guy. No, they, they definitely make him 100% Hydra. So they, they capture him. They throw him off of a roof. And then immediately start riffing about finding Kappa Date, which is funny. And then the Falcon grabs him before he hits the ground and brings him back up. They interrogate him some more. And then they take him with him with them. Like He doesn't really seem that evil but he is, like, I don't, well, I don't know. Which is funny that you say, because I can't stand him in S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? I don't like him at all. He kind of gives me the creeps, and he just seems weird, which works, because... Maybe I'm thinking more of him in, like, the, the one-shot shorts where he was first introduced, where it was, like, him and Coulson hanging out. And those, and he, he's funny. I'll, I'll give him that. But it's like, in, in S.H.I.E.L.D., I never liked him, and, I don't know, like, I didn't really like him in this movie, so I was totally down with him <laughs> being Hydra. It worked for me. <laughs> What ended up happening to him in the movie? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, they're they're on on the bridge or freeway or whatever, and they're making their way. Oh, that's right. And, that's and right. then Bucky jumps on the roof, rips him out of the side, and throws him off the bridge. So theoretically, he could still be alive. Actually. Yeah, I mean, granted, he was thrown into oncoming. Oh, that's traffic true. He does hit a truck. The, yeah, like he goes <laughs> oh, he goes into the medium, and then a truck goes. Yeah, you do hear a splat. I forgot about that, uh, which was actually pretty fun. I was like, well, I guess that's pretty final until so it's not. Theoretically, he could still be alive. But it's <laughs> unlikely. Um, same thing did happen to Iron Man in the last Iron Man movie, but he's not Iron Man. So, big fight with Bucky. Big fight with Bucky. Like, everything. Guns, everything's exploding. People dying all over the place. Um, with S.H.I.E.L.D. and Bucky just hunting him down. I'm saying Bucky now, but the Winter Soldier. And eventually, Cap rips his mask off, and it's like, whoa, Bucky, what's going on? And he very clear, made very clear that the Winter Soldier has no idea who Bucky Barnes is. Or Cap. Yeah, or, or Cap. He's like, who's Bucky Barnes, basically? Black Widow gets shot. Black Widow does get shot, and apparently heals pretty quickly. Because um, it's never... A lot of people, a lot of big characters get shot in this movie. Where I was like, whoa, is this person dead now? Or are they just mortally wounded? Or not mortally wounded, but like seriously wounded again. You know, because people keep getting shot all over the place. So they get captured. All of our heroes get captured. They're about to... They're being brought under a bridge to be killed. Because news choppers are flying around and they don't want that broadcast. But, turns out, Maria Hill was in disguise. She busts them out. She brings them to Nick Fury, who's not actually dead. Surprise! <laughs> and he basically tells them, when these hilly carriers get in the air, they've got this algorithm on there that's going to basically pinpoint threats all over the place, and it's just going to start killing people. And until Hydra rules the world, basically. We need to sneak on board the three helicarriers and either stop them from launching or replace their targeting chips with these other chips that will basically remove their ability to target civilians and stuff like that. And blow each other up. Well, eventually. I don't I don't think it was clearly said that that's what it was going to be until it's what well, happened. Well, because Maria Hill was like, and Cap were all kind of like, we have to just get rid of everything. We'd... Right. Because I think Fury wanted them to... Well, that's what I'm saying. Fury's original plan was not for them okay. to blow each other out of the sky, but that's just what eventually happened. So, plan is they're going to bust in, they're going to replace the chips. Wonderful. Meanwhile, we see Bucky in a really dank, gross kind of facility. Which, was that the same facility that Strucker was in at the end of the movie? I guess so. Yeah. It was a very similar color palette and stuff. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't really matter, per se. Yeah, that's true. But. So, and we find out he has his mind wiped. He's starting to remember things, so they wipe his mind again. Um, He's not being responsive. Alexander Pierce is shown to be definitely bad guy. Because at that point, like, it's still a little bit... I guess he did shoot his housekeeper earlier. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh my gosh, like... Oh, what was it, her name, Maria, or something like that? I was like, oh, Maria, I wish you would have knocked. Yeah. Just, well, because at first, with that scene especially, you weren't sure... If the Winter Soldier was coming to kill him. Well, or just, like, there. You weren't really sure what the relationship was until you kind of sat down with him. So I guess that's the moment where you're like, oh, yeah, bad guy. 
But then, I mean, watching him slap Bucky to get him into responsiveness was just like... Whoa, that just got him out of alarm. He will screw you up. You know? Yeah, it, it definitely said a lot about him and his character and the fact that Bucky didn't just, like, rip him to shreds right there showed his mental state yeah, also. Yeah, uh, incredibly broken. So they wipe him to prepare him to go fight Cap. Uh, meanwhile, our heroes break into S.H.I.E.L.D. They go in, they start taking things down, they, they, they find Abed from Community, which is very funny, um, and I was hoping for an Eric O'Grady cameo, but I didn't notice anybody's name tag saying O'Grady. Maybe it's there, and I just missed it. We'll find out someday. One of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, the irredeemable Ant-Man, the world's most unlikable superhero. He's fantastic. He's a jerk. He's fantastic. But, so they make their way into the loudspeaker system and basically say, attention everybody, a lot of you aren't actually S.H.I.E.L.D. and are HYDRA. If you're with me, you need to be with me right now, because I'm doing this. Otherwise, things are about to get really, really bad. And that's where they actually mention Strike, because they go... Like Strike Teams move in or something? Well, they go the Strike Teams, and these people, I forget what the other one was, are are Hydra. Like, they... Oh, okay. He does say the Strike Team and what, the Guard Team or Strike Team and the Response Team or something? Or remember the Strike Team and the um, Insight Team. Yes. That's what it was. That's That's what what it was. was, Because Insight's the whole program. So, it's very quickly shown that Agent 13, Sharon Carter is on the side of the Angels, and she helps fight them and all that kind of stuff, uh, while Crossbones, who's one of the big S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, strike team agents, who's a major villain in the Marvel comics. Or not major, but he's a, he's at least a B-level villain. He, they're, they're all fighting. There's a lot of people getting shot all over the place. There's a lot of death and destruction. Uh, and a big battle, they fight. They get two of the helicarriers uh, switched out, but the third one, Bucky's there, so it's Bucky versus Cap. By this point, Falcon's out of the fight. We have no idea where Black Widow is. Meanwhile, Alexander Pierce brings in all of the um, World Security Council up to his office. Basically, he, he pulls guns and has them all, you know, under under pain of death, like you're going to follow what I say, revealing he's the bad guy, etc. This is at the moment that Cap's giving his big speech over the loudspeaker. When all of a sudden Jenny Agator, who's on the World Security Council, starts doing, like, backflips and kicking people and taking everybody down, and I was like... What the heck is going on? It's Black Widow using uh, hologram, basically. Which I wonder if, if going back and watching a second time, will you ever see it flicker before that or something like that? It'd be very Hunger Games. Like, there's a flicker. It's not. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> it's using too much power. So she subdues everybody, and then Nick Fury lands. So he's in there. We see that he's. We see his eye finally, and it's gross and got like cuts through it. They fight. They fight. They fight. Um, eventually, Alexander Pierce gets the upper hand again, but they finally stop him and kill him. I guess Nick Fury kills him. Yeah, he shoots him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bucky and Cap are fighting on the deck, not the deck, but inside the helicarrier. They finally got, like, seconds right before, like, 20 million people across the U.S. are about to be, like, just gunned down by these helicarriers. Cap gets shot, like, three times while getting to the machine, but he does switch out the chip just in time. The helicarriers all target each other shoot each other out of the sky. It's a long, protracted sequence of them firing. I mean, so they're falling, but not fast. Like, their engines are still kind of keeping up. It's a very slow descent. Um, He sees Bucky is trapped. He goes over. He pulls him out and basically refuses to fight back and says, you know, I'm going... If we're going to die, we're going to go to the end of the line together, which Mm -hmm. I think was a line from the first movie. And that is the the memory that snaps Bucky out of it. So when they both... when, When Cap first falls into... The ocean, the Potomac, I guess, technically, not the uh, the ocean, but the Potomac River. Bucky pulls him out. At the end, After credits, we see Bucky at the same Smithsonian exhibit reading about himself. That's our end credit with him. Um, we go to Nick Fury's grave. Like, Nick Fury burns all of his stuff, and now he's officially dead. And the verse on his tombstone is Ezekiel something, or, or I think it's Ezekiel something, but it's it's the one of the verses that's paraphrased in Pulp Fiction, um, the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by vile and wicked men, or something like that. So that was a very funny joke that I had to stifle laughter at, because I knew I was like probably one of two people in the theater that caught it, and if I just started laughing in this not particularly funny scene, like it would have been strange. But uh, Nick Fury's going into hiding. I guess, does Black Widow go with Nick Fury into hiding? Because she's got to reset she, all of her... No. She wasn't going with him. She has leaked all the S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA information online now. So it's all, you know, public information, which means all of her identities are compromised. And uh, Cap and uh, Falcon fly off into the sunset um, in a line that's in the trailer. The final line of the movie is in the trailer, not counting the after credits. The final scene is the one with Bucky after the credits, and in the middle of the credits, we're introduced to Baron Von Strucker. Um, who I kind of explained to these guys on the way back who that is and why that's a big deal, and also Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. 
Now, I did not say this in the, in the theater or on the ride home, because I think Becky knows, but I don't think Matthew does. you know anything about Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch? This is actually the first time I've heard anything about them. Okay. They've got a very famous father that you know. Their dad's name is Magneto. Oh. Yeah. So, big deal. Yeah. And for a long time in the comics, you didn't know who, they, who their parents, who their father was. But huh. eventually revealed, oh, they're twins and their dad is Magneto. So here's the thing. Marvel Studios does not own the film rights to the X-Men franchise. Fox does. And Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch will also be in X-Men Days of Future Past, portrayed by different actors. It's actually Kick-Ass, the guy who played Kick-Ass, Arnold Taylor Johnson, is playing, uh, is playing Quicksilver in Avengers Age of Ultron and in that scene. His best friend in the movie Kick-Ass is playing, Kick-Ass, or is playing Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. It's kind of funny. They're trying to make it this, as confusing as it could possibly be. <laughs> so basically the, the deal is, while Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were bad guy characters, they were also in the Avengers very early on, like in the 70s and late 60s. So when those contracts saying, okay, we're leasing these characters to you were signed, they were specifically carved out as we can both use them. Marvel can't call them mutants, can't reference their father. Fox can never reference that they were part of the Avengers or anything like that. <laughs> they were different representations of the same characters. Um, we don't know exactly what their background is going to be in Avengers Age of Ultron, which is where they're going to be, like, big time. But that is that is who those characters were huh. at, that were bouncing around. Uh, he is a speedster, kind of like the Flash or something yeah. like that, and she's a magic user. Okay. Um, and she's kind of... She did a lot of interesting stories with her. A lot of bad ones, too, but a lot of interesting stories with her and her often overpowered <laughs> magic use. Um, sometimes it's, it's like the Ice Ex Machina type stuff. She gave me a very um, Jane vibe from X-Men. Jane? Or not Jane. Jean. Oh, Jean Grey. <laughs> Jean Grey. <laughs> I was like, who's Jane? <laughs> it's late. No, for Jean Grey with her, kind of when she went more into the Phoenix. And, okay. You know, just that kind of like, ooh, I don't know. Granted, my sound effects aren't helping for the... And it's interesting that Hydra's whole thing in the movie was order versus chaos. Because at least in the comics, her magic is specifically referred to as chaos magic. Um, I believe. I've got the right character. I'm not a big X-Men guy, so... That would be a, a, Egyptian, a reference is to it? it. Yeah. Uh, Egyptians, from my knowledge of those kind of uh, gods and everything, you have your, your chaos magic, and you have your... Order magic. Order magic. That's a, that's a big okay. chaos versus... Because everything... Uh, the Egyptians, God, it's all balance and order and raw okay. and... Makes sense. So I don't think it's ever explicitly said in the movie that... Agent 13 is Sharon Carter. They do call her Sharon. She does make a passing reference to her aunt at one point. But I don't think it's ever clearly said who she is. I, I didn't know who she was until you guys said it in the car on the way back. I'm trying to think if they ever call her Agent Carter. No, they call her Agent 13. Okay, yeah, so then no, I don't think so. So that's pretty much the plot of the entire movie. So now let's open it up to things you liked, things you didn't like, sequences you enjoyed, characters you did or didn't like, questions you had from the movie. I will say, the one thing... I think my one thing that bothered me throughout the entire movie, which is funny, is was Nick's Fury, the thing with Nick Fury's eye. It's like, they wiped him out of the entire system, but yet there's a secret little patch in the system where his other eye resides, like the retinal scan. Well, I guess the point is they, they deleted everything they thought he could use. If you don't think he has his eye, you'd never think to, to delete it, his old retinal scan. Well, it made it sound like they deleted him out of the system. So then for the eye to work... That it, it worked. I understand what you're saying. It didn't work for me, me but yeah. I thought it was funny, too. So when Fury first gets the flash drive, and he's going through, and it says, so who put the security hold or whatever on it, then it says Nick Fury? Did did he, was that something, like a file that he had made and purposely put a hold on himself? Or did he know something was up because someone else had locked him out of it? I think it was more the latter. He Somebody okay. else was using his name, okay. which, which was a clear sign that something was... Off, right, like know. so, his identity was being compromised or yeah. it was being used by someone. Okay, okay. So I alluded to it earlier, but the mo <laughs> the moment when it's revealed that it's Bucky, some lady in the theater goes, "What was the line?" Was like, "Oh no," <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and it was, so it was people like, laughed and laughed. <laughs> it was like, "Oh no, that's not cool," or something like that. Wait, okay, <laughs> I, I missed the second part then. <laughs> It was like people were laughing at a moment they shouldn't have been. But they weren't laughing at the movie, they were laughing at what she said. Um, <laughs> I don't like it when people talk in movie theaters, but occasionally somebody will say something just dumb enough to be really funny. And that was that moment. Yes. But there was like an audible gasp. Oh yeah, there were several people gasped. You know, it was like, <gasps> which was great, because it was, it was fun knowing that 
And then you leaned over and you're like, that's his old partner, right? <laughs> I just <laughs> had to double check. Like, like, I, I yes. thought so, but it's been a while since I've seen the first movie. Yeah, we should have rewatched that before we saw it. Which is why I think it was good that they like went through the Smithsonian thing and like, yeah. subtly put that in there. Yeah. You know, it's your old partner, it's your old partner. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Well, because also, I kind of forgot that due to the him being frozen for so many years, they kind of have to remake the entire cast around oh, yeah. Captain because you can't, they're all, they're all dead. So you need you need that new you need a entirely new like supporting cast for him. Mm-hmm. So which creates a slightly different dynamic. And, and I think both movies did a really good job doing that. Yeah. Like I like the supporting cast in both movies. Yes. Um, I like the version of Howard Stark and and uh, Peggy Carter in there and Dum Dum Dugan and everybody was awesome and stuff. And hopefully we'll see them in the eventual Peggy Carter um, Agent of Shield or Director of Shield spinoff show, which which they've been talking about for a while. And they alluded to again in this movie <laughs> in several places. We kind of talked about this on the way home, but where were the other Avengers? Okay, so yeah, thank you for bringing this up. So, in Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, sorry, rather, there's the question of, so where is everybody else while this is happening? Because homes are getting blown up in Malibu, the movie takes place you know, over an extended period of time, the president is kidnapped at one point, all these different things. So that was weird. Then Thor 2, I thought they did a pretty good job. Everything that happens on Earth happens in the space of like three minutes. Right. Or let's say ten minutes. Even if even if Shield was on its way, I don't care what helicarrier they have, it's going to take them longer than ten minutes to get to Greenwich. This movie seemed to take place over a longer period of time, at least two days, probably yeah. three, because you have clear night and day with Cap and Fury. He's at there at night, and then you have the next day, and then you have the next night because they're in New Jersey, right? And, and they then, drove so, yeah, from they, DC yeah. to Jersey, yeah. So which you're going to say several hours. three days, probably. Yeah. Now, to be fair. Tony Stark's not Iron Man at this point, yeah. you know, or he doesn't have the suit as far as we know. Thor is off in Asgard, and there's really no reason... Oh, no, he's back on Earth, actually. By the end of Thor 2, he's back on Earth. I forgot about That's that. That's true, so he actually is there. But, to be fair, it's not really his concern. You know, you know, he's Thor's Thor, and Thor is going to be busy with something else. He could be off in space anywhere, doing stuff. And it's S.H.I.E.L.D. who calls in the Avengers. So if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not there to call them in, you know, we already have Cap here, we already have Black Widow... The biggest question is, and something people were asking on on, uh, Reddit and stuff for weeks and months before this movie came out, is, so where's Hawkeye in all this? Like, aren't he and Natasha either a thing, or at least very close friends, and he's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And the the response was always, just wait till you see the movie, I'm sure they'll explain it there. They never even touch on it. She's wearing a, a, a little arrow necklace the whole movie. But I don't think they even say the name Clint at any point in no, the entire don't. movie. They definitely do not. And it's like, all, and it's weird because all they need to say is he's in deep cover in Romania or something. Or he, you know, just any explanation. Uh, it doesn't even need to be long. Just a line. And it was weird, only in retrospect. During the movie, it didn't bother me. But it was weird in retrospect to go, what? He's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and as far as we know, on the good guy side, what is he doing this whole time? Yeah, and I think I definitely was thinking about it during the movie. I was kind of like, okay, where are these people? But it didn't bother me overly. I also thought it was interesting, and partially because I watched the Marvel... Marvel's Assembling the Universe special, which I read a couple weeks ago on ABC. Which pointed out that Nick Fury and, and S.H.I.E.L.D. is really what brought the Avengers together. You have Nick Fury, you have Agent Coulson in all these different movies, kind of pulling them together. So I thought it was strange that Nick Fury didn't reach out to them because you have to figure you can trust Tony Stark even if he's Tony Although to Stark. be fair, at that time he was assumed dead and in hiding for his life. Yeah, but whether Maria Hill, I mean, she was doing a lot of the dirty work and, and kind of getting people... Yeah, Maria Hill kills people in this movie. Yeah. Like, she's got stuff to do. And, and she had stuff to do in Avengers as well, but less so. Very so-so. But And I love her. It was a little bit strange because she's very How I Met Your Mother to me. So to see her in that character, it's like, I have to reassemble that and not make it. It's like, oh, she seems so fake. It's like, no, it's just, I'm not used to that. So a bunch of Marvel Easter eggs in the movie. Um, you see Avengers Tower at one point, which was Stark Tower and Avengers. But then by the end of the movie, it just had the A left. And it's got a very clear Avengers logo on it. In the brief shot, you see when the... Uh, Project Insight helicarriers are taking uh, aim all over the eastern seaboard. You have a mention of C- Stephen Strange, like by name. Uh, I've never seen him, obviously, but so that'd be Doctor Strange for anybody who doesn't know. Um, I'm sure there's others in there as well. We-, we find out that Peggy Carter married one of the Howling Commandos. We don't know which one. I'm kind of hoping for Dum Dum Dugan because I think that would be the coolest. I-, I really like how they use the old footage at the Smithsonian and different things of using Peggy Carter 
and just kind of showing what happened to her because that seemed like a very logical place or a logical thing for Cap to want to know. Right. But at the same time, how do you integrate that? You can't talk to her. So that was a cool way of doing it. And it, it, it tells the audience information that's kind of important to know that they might not, you know, not everybody watches the one shots that are on the DVD and there's DVDs and there's one that's all about her being instated as the first director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Unless you've seen that one shot, which is really good and I would recommend anybody who's interested check it out because almost all those one shots are really fantastic. Unless you know that, it's kind of important information to have and they were able to get it across that way, which I thought was nice. So I think we've kind of exhausted things to say about the movie, but let's let's just get a, a basic rating. If you had to rate it from one to five, five being the best, one being the lowest, just off the top of your head, what are you thinking? I'd give it a solid four. Solid four? Okay. Yeah, four or five. 4.5 or yeah. 4 or 5? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm probably in that same area. Did you like it more or less than Avengers? Some people are saying they like this movie more than Avengers. I like Tony Stark too much to put, <laughs> to put it put it ahead of Avengers. It's like it's definitely it's, close for me. I, I don't know. Say, I think close. it's neck and neck. It's hard yeah. to say. Like, maybe wait till you're on DVD, watch them both a couple times, but this was a really good movie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Pierce will you know be here to talk about this at some point. It won't be on this episode because I'm going to be editing this tonight and putting it up tomorrow, but uh, I can't wait to discuss it with him as well. But it was nice to... I, I, I really wanted to have you guys on this, and I think it worked out well because... You know, if Pierce and I or the other guys that I podcast with talk about a comic book movie, we know all the comic book stuff. We assume a lot of the stuff. It's nice to have a uninitiated point of view, for lack of a better term, to to ask, did this thing make sense? It makes sense to me because I've read comic books for 15 years and I'm used to weird, goofy stuff happening. But sometimes for uh, a normal person, not that you're necessarily normal, for anyone listening, uh, you know, full ride to Harvard for graduate school, this guy over here, so not exactly normal. <laughs> Smartest dude I know. But... Which isn't said a whole lot, but no, uh, <laughs> but, but no, really, this guy's a smart dude. It's nice to have like just a you know an, a quote unquote average person's mm-hmm. point of view from both of you, just just to find out if that stuff works. So this was a fun conversation. I had a lot of fun with it. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice being. I don't know if I've ever been on this podcast, but I have been. on You some were for something. <laughs> we talked about. Uh, might have been Star Trek, not Star Trek in Darkness. Might have been Thor two. Or Probably S- Thor two because that's my. Uh, their, um, and I attacked. It was like a bonus episode that, I, uh, that okay. we put out as that. But uh, so I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Becca from Burlington. I'm Matt from Medford. Hey, that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. And uh, <laughs> this is Jersey Shore. It wasn't. I didn't plan for us all to be alliterative, but whatever. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, and uh, talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan, F-R-M, Jersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it.